And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hear that podcast growling, made and angry. Hear that co-host shouting, it's Dander and Jay. All right, welcome to the latest edition to hear that podcast growl. And Paul Inner Jr., Jay Morrison of The Athletic, here with you on Cut Down Day. Cut Downs, they've come, they've gone, they will come again. They'll probably come again after that. And we practice squads and more cuts. Uh, the, the, the NFL roster is always changing, but we're here to stick as much of our opinion as we can into this one moment in time where it is what it is today. And we'll soon change. But we're here, Jay. We are. And uh, uh, 24 guys are not. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. Uh, you know, we, we, we're we just going to kind of take this episode as an opportunity to really look at the roster as a whole. We'll obviously talk about a lot of the cuts, the decisions they made, what it has left in front of us, what they still can or can't do understanding that some of this might change by the time you're listening to it, but so be it. Um, because there's I, there's a decent amount to digest of what happened over the last few days. We had a Bengals trade. Uh, we had a, a big-name veteran let go. We had um, a few surprises for me that still made it. I think you saw Darren Simmons' voice show up a couple of times. And it to me, it made for a really interesting dynamic. I, I'm just going to kind of let's just go position by position, okay, Jay? Before right. we and before we go, and we'll sh- we'll shove some big picture stuff in there. But we're just going to kind of go through what happened. Um, before I do that, though, I can't I can't get out of here without dropping a full tease in here. I'm we're very excited about something. Very excited because you people know how I feel about 50 West. It's beer, it's location, our guy Optimistic Bobby. Well, we are officially having a live Bengals kickoff event. People have been asking when we're going to do another one of these, and the time is here. Couldn't be more perfect, Jay. Next Thursday, September 9th at 50 West Brewing Company, 7 o'clock, myself, Jay, Mo Egger, and we have uh, invited a number of other media members to come in and be part of this. James Rapine, I know, from Locked On is going to come over at Sports Illustrated. Uh, a couple others. I don't have them fully confirmed yet, so I don't want to drop names, but there's others I think that will be there too. And we're going to turn this into a full Bengals media preview event. We hang out and then do some off-the-record Q&A with any of those, that you, those of you that attend and want to ask some questions. You want to hear our real opinions? Not that we don't give you our real opinions, as you know, by listening to this. But you want to hear them, you know, a little bit off the record. We can. We're going to do some of that, and then uh, at eight twenty, Bucks 
Cowboys kicks off, so hang out in the courtyard, drink beers. They're going to have their sand volleyball leagues going on. It's going to be a lot of activity, a lot of people hanging out. It's going to be a ton of fun. We'll hang out and have some drinks, too, afterwards. So we invite everybody to come on up, be part of it. If you are a past Growler Bet winner, this is a great opportunity for you to either show up or send a representative and and (laughs) get that Growler filled for you live and in person. And all you people that show up can see what it looks like when you win. Uh, But that is next Thursday. September 9th, 7 o'clock, 50 West Brewing Company. We'll be down there. Come hang out. Listen to all our Bengals talk to preview the season uh, and uh, and much more. So anyway, very excited about that. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I can't wait. We I've never done this. We've never done this on this show. I know you've done it in the past at, at your other stops, but I've never done a live one. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I I think we should make it clear right now: no big gulps allowed. Uh, if, if, if anyone doesn't big like anything we zone. say, yeah, yeah, do not throw anything at us. No. And uh, if there are any sand volleyball teams that maybe need an extra guy that night, I'd be happy to to fill in <laughs> for a price. You know, no, you, I'll just you, play for free. You just play for wow! Look at you offering up your services. Uh, well, uh, so, so keep, keep an eye on that, and um, that's coming up next Thursday. I hope to see a ton of you down there. I always love seeing faces to those that uh, send emails and tweets and uh, growler bets and everything else. So looking forward to that. Come on down if you can. Um, let's talk about the where the roster's at. Uh, quarterback, we knew Kyle Shermer is, is out. Uh, Joe Burrow, Brandon Allen, you knew that. Running back, um, you end up with three cap: Joe Mixon, Samaj P. Ryan, and Chris Evans. I think we, and I mean, this is what I know I had in the final fifty-three. It was, I guess, there was a thought: Are they going to keep four running backs? That never really thought felt realistic to me, especially. It, I think it ended up being what we thought it would be, which was Travion Williams' injury really hurt him. Not being able to go out there and see him for two full games, I, I think kind of spelled his fate a little bit because you know you can't make the club in the tub but you can make the practice squad i mean it feels like i i doubt anyone's going to claim him i doubt anyone's going to claim jacques patrick so you expect this i would i expect to see both those guys um on the practice squad and if you're gonna go thin on the roster with just three it makes sense to have two of those guys um on the practice squad just in case anything were to happen. And, um, you know, Jacques was, if you're going to be that back of the, the running back room guy, you've got to, you've got to really contribute on special teams. And we, we just haven't really seen that from Patrick. Um, I think Travion can do it, but you're right. The injury just put him so far behind no preseason last year. And then his rookie year, he gets hurt in the first preseason game. So we, we've seen him basically play one and a half preseason games in three seasons. It's just, uh, it, it was too much to overcome this year. And Chris Evans, man, he did it again. Yeah, he did it again. He did what he's been doing all camp. He's been they have loved throwing down that sideline to him, whether it's wheels, whether it's slot fade. This one, the slot fade. Brandon Allen sees the linebacker on Chris Evans in the game uh, on Sunday, and you he immediately knew where he was going. Looked off the safety, threw a dime to him down the line, but. Evans makes it in traffic, catches the ball, takes the hit, holds on, gets up, gives me a nice little flex. Uh, you know, uh, that is, I mean, I, I think he has that weapon that he's shown is such a perfect fit for Joe Burrow. 
Joe Burrow in this offense who like five out in the route as a way of protecting rather than max protect. I mean, that's what Burrow likes. He feels like he can get the ball out quick, process, and see where it's coming from and and loves having that reliable target out of the backfield. Somebody who's dynamic even further down the field. Chris Evans, for as much as people want to compare him to Giovanni Bernard, is not. I think they're very different. Gio, people wanted to believe that Gio was some great receiver. He wasn't. He not in the way that Chris Evans is. I mean, the down the field, this is we the old number twenty five didn't make these plays down the field that we've seen all camp and we saw for the touchdown in the game. He was much more effective in the underneath stuff, which Evans does fine. And Bernard's better in other ways too, but I just think it gives you a much more dynamic weapon in the pass game. And when you know that's how Burrow likes to offset the rush and the blitz is with guys going out and being reliable in the pass game, I think Evans is a great fit. I think we're going to see him have a role in week one. Yeah, I, I, have, I think it's going to be all year. that uh, they've There was so much talk early about Joe Mixon being a, a three-down back, but I, I really think if, if he can get the – the pass pro down. We're going to see a lot of him on third down. And what I really liked about that that touchdown catch, you know, I, I went back and watched. I was trying to figure out what happened to Khalid Kareem. And so that was the last play, obviously, before Kareem's last series. And I watched it a couple times. And T. Higgins talked about this a couple weeks ago. He had that play week three of last year when he showed his hands too early and got the ball knocked away. Chris Evans didn't do that. And, and T. Higgins is a a wide receiver coming out of Clemson, and he he hadn't got that down yet to to not show your hands early. And here's a running back um, in his third preseason game, and he really he sells it great. the The linebacker recovered pretty well, even though Evans beat him. It was it was it, Brandon Allen had to put it in a little a tight spot, and and Evans just waited to the last second to kind of flick his hands out there and make the catch. And it's just. There's just so much you love about that kid. Everything he's doing with his hands, his route running, um, he's getting better running through the tackles. I'm, I'm really, I'm eager to see how they're going to use him this year and and how he's going to play when when the lights come on for real. Because I I think he could be a real sleeper um, in this league because of his receiving skills and because maybe you don't want to give you like the idea of Joe Mixon being a three down back, but do you really want to? Give put that much wear and tear on him over the course of the season. It's an easy way to spell him a little bit, you know. Yeah. Right? It's like it's just an easy way to take a little bit of the load off of Joe when you know there's you're you're adding a different element. And I think that's what Evans will be, and I think we'll see his role grow as the year goes on. Um, uh, receiver, receiver with a mild surprise in my opinion. You know, you end up keeping seven, um, and the surprise being Stanley Morgan uh, latching on as a seventh receiver and you know this is Darren Simmons voice uh because he's I felt bad for Darren he's out there talking with the ghost of a uh, special teams ace past on Sunday with talking with Clayton <laughs> Fedulum and Seathan Carter his former special teams aces that have been plucked away by the Dolphins and and he's searching and he's searching for reliability on teams and there just isn't a lot of it on the roster. And so when you start looking for where's that going to come from, it's a guy like Stanley Morgan who has really been a nice player. Um, but, you know, they need his role on teams to be something. And because he's filling in for spots that they just don't have. And and I think that was 
the idea behind keeping him I, because it wasn't because he's a good receiver. I mean, I think he's – I'd be stunned if he catches a ball this year. But um, it, you're going to see him catch, uh, you know, a lot of balls maybe on punts. That, that That's where you're going to see him. Yeah, and I mean, this was – it was totally a special teams decision. And I wonder you, – you kind of talked about it earlier. There, this roster is going to move before – September 12th and and it feels like if they do claim somebody off of another team that Stanley would be probably the first guy to go he's he's that guy that's excited to make the 53 and then you find out a day later oh I'm not on the 53 but I think he's in their plans I think they would bring him back on the practice squad if he clears waivers 24 hours later Um, but it shows you how valuable he is on special teams that he made this 53 and you're right I I would put if I was putting the over under on targets for Stanley Morgan this year, it would probably be three and a half. I would take the under. I think, <laughs> and when I said catching punts, I meant as a gunner catching punts that Kevin Huber kicks. Uh, but you know, the, I think also the other thing is it's kind of a little bit of an old trick that we've seen the Bengals play sometimes, where they like to keep somebody that they really want to make sure ends up on their practice squad and stays in house. Um, so they hold them in and carry them in through and then replace them later with somebody else that comes in as a way to make sure that because other teams will make their moves at receiver or for special teams. Um, and then if Morgan is then there 24 hours later, you've already made your move and you just and Morgan stays with you. So that could be also part of this as well. Um, as we expected, Trenton Irwin won that sixth, sixth spot. I mean, it was he did it again Sunday with an, an, some more tough catches and just kind of kept doing it. And, and he he spent the last – he said he was going to spend the next 48 hours fishing and listen to Bob Marley. And, and there's usually a third <laughs> thing that goes with that. But, uh, you know, we I have cannot confirm nor deny. Uh, but you could probably look at his mugshot and guess. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, he played great. And uh, he's kind of a guy that might be coming into his own. And, and I think, uh, you know, he's he's not Tyler Boyd. But you're comfortable with him as the backup to Tyler Boyd because he, you know, he makes tough catches and and, and just seems to produce. And what else can you ask for? He had a, he had a great camp. He had a great preseason, and uh, he earned it. Yeah, really happy for him. And I, I don't know again how many routes we're going to see him run. How much we're going to see him get used this year? You know, maybe when they go five wide, he would be the guy out there. But I, I'd still expect Tyler Boyd to play a heavy, heavy percentage of the snaps in the slot. But it's nice to know that you've you've got a guy like Trent Irwin that you can depend on. That they, it's not just the the catches he makes and and takes the big hits. He he hasn't had a lot of other targets in games, but we see it every day in practice. He's he is faking DBs uh, with his moves to get open. Um, he makes. All kinds of catches. He he almost had a one-handed catch uh, last week. At some point, he didn't get it, but it was just it, it, he's one of those guys. It's just every day you're writing his name down or you're writing sixteen down that where he makes a play that just makes you think, yes, he, he belongs here. And and the Bengals agreed with that. I, I don't I don't even think it was probably that close of a decision between Mm-mm. him and Taylor. No, I don't I don't think so at all. Um, so uh, we move on to tight end, and Darren Simmons shows up again, uh, mm. where we have the obvious top two of C.J. Uzama and Drew Sample. They were not going to keep four tight ends, uh, a team that's going to be out there running 11 personnel 84% of the time or whatever the heck the, the league lead is on that. Um, 
you're not going to see them keeping a bunch of tight ends. So it was about, okay, CJ Uzama, Drew Sample are guys that are here for offense. The third tight end pops in and the occasional 13 personnel or if somebody goes down in a game, they can go out there and fill in. But they're mostly here as special teams. Think Seathan Carter. Um, and that's where you get into the decision of what turned into Mitchell Wilcox versus Thaddeus Moss and I guess Mason Shrek, but I don't think Shrek was ever really part of that decision. He didn't do hardly anything um, in, in camp or in the preseason. So it came down to Wilcox versus Moss, and Joe Burrow, after the game on Sunday, made uh, his pitch uh, in a convincing one about – what you love about Moss as a pass catcher and he's reliable and he makes a catch, you know where he's going to be. And he's talking about how Kyle Shermer kept saying, I kept throwing it to Moss because I, I knew exactly where he was going to be. I knew he was going to run the right route there. So that's why I kept throwing it to him. And Burrow feels the same way. It's why he likes him and they're close friends. And he basically said, I did my best to convince them to sign him this off season uh, and all of that. But this was not about catching the football. The third tight end was about playing special teams. And Dad Moss just hasn't done it much. It's not something he was really asked to do a lot of LSU. You'd have to teach him. And Mitchell Wilcox has and has done it. He's the best of the bunch at that and a good athlete. So when it came down to it, they kept Mitchell Wilcox. And we'll see. By the time you're listening to this, we'll know probably. Uh, I don't think they'll have a problem getting Thad Moss through to the practice squad. And if something happens to Uzama or Sample, boom, he's up. It's so easy to move guys up now with mm-hmm. with the rules on the practice squad. Like It's just not a big deal. The player it is. They want that money. They want that check. But in general, for roster usage, you know, you have him on the practice squad, you're gold. If, if one of those guys gets hurt and they're out, you can IR CJ or, or Drew Sample, and they're only out for three weeks, and you can pull Thad Moss up as your second tight end. Like As long as he's in the house, you can still use him for that. But he's not going to be as helpful for you on special teams, and that's what this is about. Yeah, and I, I have some numbers here for you special teams-wise. I actually went back and um, looked at how many special team snaps each guy played in the preseason, and Moss played 12 in all three games, so 36 snaps. Wilcox only played 19. He played 15 in the first game. He played four against Miami because he got the concussion. He didn't play at all at Washington because he saw he had an ankle injury in practice mm. and he missed that game. So Moss had twice as many snaps. But here's where, I mean, obviously we would have to talk to Darren Simmons about how they they played on those snaps. But fortunately, we have pro football focus. And it's not the Bible, but it's, it's a nice guideline. Um, Thad Moss is... PFF grades for his three games, 63.1, 48.0, 51.9. Mitchell Wilcox's grades for his two games, 79.0, 68.1. So he, he graded out much better. And the other thing to remember, he was on the practice squad all of last year. He's he's run all of Darren's stuff. So even, even though we didn't see him in any games, he's run this stuff in practice for a whole year ahead of Thad Moss. It just it made too much sense to keep him. But you're right. It's if anything happened, I, and I don't think a team will claim Thaddeus Moss. I mean he he went undrafted last year, and he gets hurt in Washington, and he's they let him go. The Bengals sign him. It's not like teams are clamoring to get this guy, and it's not like he showed anything. 
he, he yes, he made some nice catches, but it's not like he he's going to wow his tape is going to wow anybody to want them to to want to claim him unless I don't know. I I haven't gone through every team's roster if if a team suffered uh, a tight end injury or two in week three of the preseason, then maybe maybe he does get plucked. But I don't think that's the case. I think they're going to get him through, and we will see him on the active roster at some point this year. Yeah, that'd be my guess. And and we'll, again, you never know with these things, and that's why you know it, it is still tough to put that guy out there because you're putting him out there. You don't know, but I think you're. It's a calculated risk um, that you take there, and that that you'll be able to keep him sticking around. All right, let's take a second and switch gears here and hear from a sponsor. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Now for tonight's main event, uh, the offensive line. So we have a trade. We have Billy Price traded to the Giants uh, for B.J. Hill, and I'll lump the defensive line into this conversation as we kind of weigh these two against each other in this move. I really like this trade. Um, It comes, again, calculated risk. If you listen to this podcast, you have heard me on this rant before. They had a major issue with depth at the three technique. If something were to happen to Larry Ogunjobi, they had nothing, and they'd be right back in the spot they were last year where they couldn't get any pressure up the middle, and it doomed their whole defense. That was notable. And when you had the injuries that you've had at edge rusher, you're looking for any other place on the defensive line that you can assure that you can get some pressure. The opportunity to get B.J. Hill, who – has been really productive in a deep Giants defensive line uh, as far as you know win percentage, PFF grade, just getting in the backfield and making the most of his snaps that he's had. And it's not, and he's been durable. I mean, he's played almost every game in three years. He's in a contract year. Um, he is a significant upgrade over anybody else on the interior of that defensive line outside of the starters you know, behind Ogunjobi and Reader, and that's a big deal because those guys are probably going to get banged and you're looking for extra places to go on the passer. So all that is good. You had to give up a little bit of a security blanket uh, that you had on Trey Hopkins. But Billy Price, at this, I'm stunned that it took two years for this trade to happen. Like, he's been a former first-round pick who probably is a starting-level center, even if he's a bottom starting-level center in this league. Uh just sitting behind a guy you've already invested in the opportunity to get something for him seemed like it should happen long ago, but it happens now. And they officially end that experiment of a first, the latest first round pick gone wrong. Yeah. I mean, you look around the league and some of the, the trades that took place the last couple of days and, and 
it's guys getting traded for sixth and seventh round picks. And, and the Bengals get a, a backup offensive lineman that they deal and they get a, a quality defensive lineman and a, sev- a conditional seventh round pick. I, I, I like this trade too. I think it, it, it really makes sense on so many levels. And, you know, Zach mentioned today that how, how much they liked what they saw from BJ Hill when, when they faced him last year. And I went back and looked and he had three pressures in that game. His season high was four. And again, I didn't break down all the BJ Hill film. I just, went to PFF and he his grade of 78.1 was his third highest of the year. His pass rush grade was 75.1. That was his second highest of the year. So it makes sense why, I mean, obviously the Bengals did look at more than just the one game they played, but if he really flashed against them, he catches your eye, he's on your radar, and this just came together perfectly for him. In PFF, you look at his his win rate as a defensive lineman, his pass rush pro- productivity numbers – he ranked higher than every single defensive lineman currently on the Bengals roster last year. Better than Ogan Joby, far better than Reader. I mean, Reader, Daniels, obviously Gino, um, everybody that they trotted through there last year to play defensive tackle were all basically in the bottom uh, beyond 100 in, in all those categories. And B.J. Hill was up there, for most of them, up in the – 20s 30s 40s for most of those key you know really granular how much does this guy win inside categories I mean that's that's a big deal for a team that really needs that and you don't feel so exposed if Joby were to go down at some point too um, so that's that part of the equation but what ends up happening is so Michael Jordan gets let go and we talked about that is is he gonna hang on right like how many how can you realistically keep five guards? And it was even more apparent Sunday that he was out of their plans as he didn't even come into the second half of that game. And, and Deontay Smith and um, Jackson Carmen played with the, the twos um, after the three play debacle was over with the starters. And so you end up with Jonah Williams, Quentin Spain, Trey Hopkins, Xavier Sufil, and Riley Reef as your starters. And your five backups as Fred Johnson, Deontay Smith, Trey Hill, uh, six-round pick out of Georgia, Jackson Carmen, your second-round pick out of Clemson, and Isaiah Prince, uh, who's basically a rookie. I mean, he had uh, 47 snaps with Miami his rookie year and then opted out last year after the Bengals had picked him up in you know, he came out and had he planned to play a ton this preseason, and they liked enough of what they saw. That is Fred Johnson, Mr. Reliable Veteran of this group, okay, with his seven career starts, and we all kind of know what Fred Johnson has been. Then three rookies and 47 snaps from Isaiah Prince is your insurance blanket. It's not that you're not willing to take the calculated risk of Billy Price. That I'm fine with. But when you couple that with not pursuing a veteran tackle, not signing an, you know, maybe they do sign Austin Reader or, or, or whoever. Um, that's maybe another guy that's out there. But, you know, not aggressively pursuing something else as a backup and guard or center or a veteran tackle and then letting Price go and Jordan, whatever. All, all of that combines to make you very nervous. And you already were kind of nervous, you know, uh, about. You are so close to 
jumping right back into last year's waters. For all the change, for all of how much we think it is going to be better, and I do believe the starting five are better almost across the board. You are so close to feeling like you're right back where you started relying on the unreliable or the unknown. You're going to rely on the unknown at some point this year. You just are. Yeah, you think you're nervous. How do you think Joe Burrow feels? <laughs> I mean, it's and what, go back and look. I mean, how often do the Bengals have an offensive lineman, any of them, play 16 games or start 16 games? Jay, I'm glad you asked that. Because uh, for my story that's up on The Athletic, I've gone through, I went through the last four years, and I went through total offensive line snaps taken. What percentage were taken by the projected five starters from opening day, and what percentage were taken by the rest over the course of the entire 16-game season? In 2020, the split with projected being the first number here and then the reserves being the second. In 2020, the split was 64-36. In 2019, the split was 59-41. In 2018, they had a little more healthy year, 84-16. And then in 2017, 76-24. That's your percentage splits. The last two years, you're up over and around 2,000 snaps by your non-projected offensive line starters, your backups, the guys I just said. 2,000 snaps. What does 2,000 snaps look like if they come from Fred Johnson, Deontay Smith, Trey Hill, Jackson Carmen, and Isaiah Prince? It looks like last year. And you can hope for health. And you can hope for development. These are new faces. These are, these are new guys, new draft picks, new hope, right? Maybe they'll get it right this time after we've so many picks that have gone awry and the latest Jordan and Price being the latest cycle jettisoned. But you don't know. It's so uncertain. And they're not the only team with this problem. The league has this problem. Look at every run of backups across the league and you're going to see a lot of hope and development. But this is particularly dicey. That's all. That's all I'm saying because – Dante Smith is a converted tackle. Jackson Carmen came in overweight and converted tackle, converted tackle. And Trey Hill, I mean, had some cringeworthy moments, even though he's had some very nice tape, too. And he's a sixth round pick. And Isaiah Prince, what are we talking about? You know, I mean, you are really taking a risk um, if you end up with these guys playing at some point they're going to play. I'm curious um, because I started to do a similar exercise and I wasn't doing snaps. I was looking at the starts and I I was just looking at tackles to begin with and I got sidetracked and I I didn't follow through on it. But in 2019, you said projected starter on opening day. So who who was your projected starter in 2019 at left tackle? Was it Jonah? Jonah Court. Jonah. Okay. I counted counted him as missing the whole year as so only four the other four. And that's why you ended up with 59% 59. of the projected starters snaps. But that's part of it. I mean, and you're it, rocking it this equa- season, but still. Yeah. Well, you're rocking this equation was Bobby Hart. And yeah, he, I mean, he's the one that played 16, started 16 games so many times, and he just got cut by Buffalo. So, yes, it is, it's, it is a dicey proposition. The, the odds are not in your favor 
that you're going to make it through the season with this starting five. And it, it almost goes back to the, what we've talked about so many times, the no donkeys approach. You, you may end up with a donkey in there. My, my big question, what do you think the chances are zero to 100 that, that Michael Jordan is a practice squad candidate? You think they just totally move on from him cutting him? It's no going back. Or do you think, He's a decent enough insurance policy that they they bring him back on the practice squad. I think he's a I think he's a practice squad candidate. Um, I don't know that he'll want to. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he doesn't feel like the Frank Pollock liked him, if he doesn't feel like it matched, which obviously there's the staff wasn't feeling it. Um, you would think he would maybe be more interested in a fresh start elsewhere. Um, would be my thought. Jacksonville with Urban Meyer, who obviously was showing interest in him as a trade anyway. Um, that would make more sense, and we'll probably know this by the time you're listening to this. But you know, yeah, I, I, I think it's I think it's move on time. And 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 I have said I don't think Michael Jordan is much di- is much different than Deontay Smith or Jackson Carmen. And, and so at a certain point, you have to turn to your rookies. It's just when you combine all of these things together. You you end up with this, and we'll see if they if they you know Zach Taylor said it uh, with us after cuts. This is our ten for now, mm-hmm. and and so I, I, I there's obviously still plenty of time to make moves. I, I would be advisable. <laughs> it would be advisable, particularly at center. Trey Hill. I mean, look, I, I like watching the way he pancakes some guys against Washington too, and that's very nice. But if Trey Hill is in there starting for you in week four because Trey Hopkins gets banged. I mean, you you are not in a great spot. And, you know, I think there was a reason they were kicking the tires on the Chiefs center, on Austin Raider. You know, I mean, there's a reason they were doing that early on to get a glimpse of where he's at and what he looks like so they know if the time comes and they trade Billy Price, they could go and maybe dip back into those waters. And I think it's something they should consider if he's willing to come here. Um, You know, that's the other question. Is he? I mean, maybe they might have been trying to wait him out to see if he gets less picky as the season gets closer. Uh, Speaking of dipping into waters, I've I've got to run past your boot and we can either save it till the end or if and get through the linebackers and the DBs, or do you want to do it now? Let's do it. I, I always want to get the run passer boots going. Let's do one. Okay. So how many guys not on the 53 today will be on September 11th? I'm not saying September 12th because they'll be able to call a couple guys up to active that day. So by Saturday before the opener, how many guys that are not on the 53 right now will be? Is it zero to one? Is it two? Or is it three or more? Uh, I will run with two. I will pass on three or more, and I I will boot zero to one. I I think Clyde Kareem's going to go on IR. Mm-hmm. Is my get is what I think we'll see. Um, and so they just wanted to carry him through so that they could get him back um, from whatever his injury, his mysterious injury that's being shrouded <laughs> uh, at this point, I think for competitive purposes. Uh, so click Kareem. And then I, I think you'll see probably a, um, I think you'll see a move at offensive line. If not something else also, maybe at receiver with moving Stanley Morgan and adding, I think they need to, I think they're looking to add an edge 
Um, you look, I mean, Darius Hodge has had a nice preseason, but there's probably some other names with a little bit more of a pedigree that could still come in here and, and help you. And maybe they could even just be taking that Kareem slot. I don't know, but um, I think, I, I I think it's there's definitely going to be a few. Yeah, I was going to run with three or more and then pass on two and boot zero one because I, I wouldn't rule out uh, Trey Wayne's. I mean that 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 injury, the hamstring injury, that that could be a, a an IR thing. If it's just three weeks, you never know. Um, we we don't know the severity of it. They've they've been pretty hush hush about it. But the fact that they they didn't play Eli Apple against yeah, it's at Miami, least one. It's at least right. one. So. Um, and then all the things you said, and who knows, maybe another injury crops up um, over the course of the, the the week of practice leading up to the game. Um, I just I think we're going to see quite a bit of movement on that fifty three man roster before we get to Minnesota. I'm with you on that, and we, we've kind of touched a lot on the defensive line stuff now. Um, mm-hmm. So, but the cuts that really the one that we didn't discuss was the. The fallout, the domino of the B.J. Hill trade was, well, okay, well, now you have a lot of defensive tackles down in here. You know, you had Reeder and Ogunjobi and B.J. Hill and then Tupo and Shelvin and Daniels and Wren, and it's there's just a lot of these same guys. And you know what? Being a 32-year-old defensive tackle ain't an easy business. <laughs> it's just not. <laughs> and when push came to shove, you know, they got younger and more productive as a pass rusher from that position. And, you know, Mike Daniels was not a productive three technique when he was asked to try to do that last year. I mean, he was okay. He pushed the pocket some, but as far as pressures and winning, he just wasn't doing it a lot. And Tupo and Shelvin, if you're looking for someone to just be a run stopper, I mean, Tupo and Shelvin have been great. They're not going to give up on Tyler Shelvin. Tupo's played really well and looks like he's going to be a big part of what they're doing. It's just an odd man out scenario. And I think people like Mike Daniels. I think they liked his presence. They liked him as a veteran. It was salty and really gave them some personality and some energy and, and knows how to win. And, and is a tough guy. Um, they like a lot of that. And I'm sure they have, I think, you know, I think they have plans to, if, if he would have any interest in coming around as a veteran, on the practice squad, they could do that. Um, I don't know how much interest he has in that, but you know, at a certain point, it is it kind of is what it is. You, your injuries come into play more often with him at his age, and he's just not as productive as a guy like Hill. He ends up being the one that goes. Yeah, I, I came up with kind of a mock practice squad, and I did put Mike Daniels on there. But it is, I think they would want him. They it would, would be a question. Yes, they absolutely it would. Be would. A question it's it's up whether, to him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and you, I mean, you hit it on the nose. As soon as the the trade was announced, you said this could be it for Mike Daniels, and and that's the way it played out. It 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 did. It surprised me a little bit, but then seeing your your tweet that 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 could be it for Mike, it it started to make sense. And yeah, I mean, BJ Hill is probably better. Well, he definitely is better definitely. than Mike Daniels, and he's a lot younger. Um, so it just it they're just wasn't room for Mike Daniels on this 53 and is proven more durable and re- and, and mm-hmm. availability is the best ability, right? So, right. I mean, you know, that's uh, that's a big part of it too. All right, let's just take a quick break. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Linebacker was as cut and dry as it gets. Um, and, oh, do we want to talk about Ronell Wren? I mean, you know. He just he didn't do much, and I I think maybe they'll try to get him on the practice squad. I don't know. Uh, Cleo McKenzie, Noah Spence in and out. Um, Monty Bledsoe. I mean, it was it was uh, they did not carry Joseph Osai through. You know, we they kept saying likely out for the season, likely out for the season. That it was like, what does that likely mean? What what is this likely about? Um, and so, but they did not. They would have had to carry him through. In order to have him be a IR designated to return candidate, they did not do that. So his season is officially now over. There will be no Joseph Osai return, which we suspected, but that likely kind of left that nugget hanging out there. So that was the big thing with him. Uh, Wyatt Hubert and Akeem Adeniji are on the NFI reserve, which because they. They never practiced, so they it's like pup, but it means it didn't happen at the facility. So that means six weeks. Um, they have to be out after that. You can massage it to come back later in the year at some point. So the door is technically still open for Hubert and Adenogy, although the assumption is specific. I know with Hubert that his year will be over, but at the very least, that door is not completely shut yet like it is for Osai. Yeah, I think they have to return to practice by week 12. Yeah, um, and, and then and then have three weeks to be have, activated. So you end up at like week yeah. fifteen. They have to make a decision on which, you know, by that point you know. Right. Um, we went through that years of McCarran, AJ McCarran. Yeah, the yeah. light of the grievance. Yeah, that's, <laughs> hopefully no <laughs> grievances this year. Uh, so linebacker cut and dry. Uh, Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt, who everybody's very excited about, have had really good camps in preseason. They're your starters. Davis Gaither. Jordan Evans, Marcus Bailey all make the team, and then they cut Joe Batchy, Donnie Lewis, Keandre Jones. Um, that's that. Uh, at corner, you have Mike Hilton, Trey Waynes, Chidobe Ouzier. Uh, Then you have Jalen Davis making it, as we all suspected, because he had such a good mm-hmm. camp in preseason. Um, Darius Phillips and Eli Apple. Uh, letting go of Tony Brown, Winston Rose, Antonio Phillips. None of that necessarily surprising. But, Jay, to me, the surprising thing in the cornerback room happened Sunday. And that was 
Eli Apple getting rested as a starter, um, essentially taking the place of Trey Waynes while Darius Phillips was playing late into the third quarter. <laughs> and yet again, Darius Phillips getting just shit on by this coaching staff <laughs> who just is not a fan. Like he's here because he plays well enough, but clearly they just, there is a disconnect with something that they just do not buy Darius Phillips stock ever at every chance to buy, they pass and go a different direction. And so what you're going to end up with in the opener appears is Eli Apple starting a guy who's played for multiple teams and had some real bad stretches. You, your worry is, is this this year's LaShawn Sims, you know, who, who you don't understand why he's playing over Darius Phillips and he costs you. And eventually they, they're forced to go back to Phillips. And, and again, Phillips is not, a clean prospect, you know, uh, he has his issues. He's very small. He can be targeted for sure, but he's a decent ball hawk. He's decent with the ball in the air. It's just surprising how much they don't view him as an answer and, and, and repeatedly don't. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if it's his size, if it's his propensity to get hurt, if it's, if it's that they like him so much as a punt returner, they don't want to, put him in that mix at corner but you're right it's he's i mean every every time he's gotten a chance he's he's played well and then he either gets hurt or the season ends and they they knock him back down it is it is really curious it'll uh, it'll be interesting to see what he does as a punt returner i mean he could make himself a, a, a pretty good process not a good prospect but a, a good free agency target next year if he can have a good year as a, a punt returner and if he gets some spots here or there to show once again what he can do at corner he's not a guy you want in there four or five games in a row probably but he is a, a decent fallback i don't know he's not a guy that's i mean he he puts some weird things on twitter he's not a he's not a guy that's gonna like come out and question coaching moves on Twitter, but he, I, I he would did really, that last year though. Oh, you're right. Sean he did. Williams I forgot about year. Yeah. yeah. Did do that. I think that's, I, I mean, I, look, I get the feeling and it's hard not to, I mean, it's the only thing missing from this equation. Like there, there's obviously something there that, that has, mm-hmm. that rubs them the wrong way about him, whether it's, you know, how much they, we, we hear from the staff all the time, how much they care about practice and the way you show up every day and the competitiveness of that and, and how much that plays into the, how they value people. Obviously that's, there's some aspect of there that's part of this and that's just what it is. But you know, you're, so you're, you're going to out here, you're going to be out here running the Eli Apple train and, and seeing if, how much they believe in him you know, who's had his issues, man. Like <laughs> there's a reason he's bounced around and, uh, you know, you hope that Trey Waynes is, is only out a week or two. We'll see, um, how long that actually ends up being hamstrings can be dicey that way. Um, but you know, you're going to, you're going to have a lot on, on Eli Apple's plate. It appears. Um, I do think Phillips is good in that punt return role and, and that'll be a good thing for him to be able to focus on that too. But uh, interesting stuff there. Uh, safety is as you would have expected. Uh, Trayvon Henderson gets cut. He had a nice, a nice game on Sunday um, with a TFL and an interception. Uh, but 
he's kind of he's going to hang around this practice squad because he has played well in the preseasons when he's had chance. But this this was an impossible foursome to crack. Like Brandon Wilson, one of the best kicker turners in the league. Ricardo Allen, your cerebral veteran backup, the perfect guy for that position who can also drop into the slot if necessary. Jesse Bates and Von Bell, leaders of the team. Like I mean, there's really nothing Trayvon Henderson could have done, but. Get himself in the practice squad, be available in case an injury happens is is what he did, and I think that's what we'll see. Um, specialists went as you would have anticipated. Evan McPherson having the greatest camp in the history of kickers. Uh, he added his 57-yarder just to give everybody a little bit more excitement on the way out uh, on Sunday. Uh, and then Kevin Huber and Clark Harris. Drew Chrisman was cleared but did not participate in the game on Sunday, which was a smart move because the last thing you want to do is put him out there and he booms 180 yards and somebody says, oh, give me that guy. So they hide him, they stash him so he can hang out, kick on the practice squad and be here if you need him if anything happens to Kevin and continue to get a look at him for a potential replacement maybe next year and obviously Darren Simmons liked a lot of what he saw from Chrisman uh they had no takers on any potential trade for Austin Seibert so he gets let go and we'll see if he lands there's a number of kicking spots open in the league I'm sure he'll be in a competition at some point for those yeah Detroit with no kickers at all (laughs) they they cut all their kickers Randy Randy goes down in Detroit he was not the answer Speaking of Randy, I, I, I this was I was going through the list, you know, kind of looking at potential targets of guys that got cut. Uh, there were there were eight guys, eight vested veterans. These aren't rookie practice squad guys. Eight vested veterans that were on this roster last year that got cut by other teams oh. this year. Do you so have that eight. list? I do have that list. Please it is, um, indulge. Margus Hunt and Sean Williams. For they were with Arizona, Bobby Hart with Buffalo, Josh Bynes with Carolina, Randy Bullock, who already said with Detroit, Alex Erickson in Houston, BJ Finney never played, but he was on the roster last year at Pittsburgh, and Alex Redmond in New England. All got let go. All got let go today. If that doesn't tell you something, you need to know about the quality of the roster last year. Uh, you know, it's because people always think, oh, they're going to leave here and go succeed. It's the opposite. They're going to leave there, and everyone's like, oh, you're right, man. That ain't it. That ain't it. Uh, that's a real. That's a wild number. I cannot remember anything like that. No. I mean, ever. That is a that is a wild revelation. <laughs> yeah, and that's and that's part of it. That's and I think that's why when we talked to Zach Taylor after cuts. There is an optimism that this roster feels better. It feels improved. It does feel more focused. There is a more sense of who the leaders are and that there's a little bit more reliability in some of the the depth spots as you started to go through those. And there's obvious questions there. I mean – some names with there. I mean, Darius Hodge and Jalen Davis has, you know, they're, they're preseason superstars. They're undrafted guys and things like that. And that's fine. Stanley Morgan's. I mean, the, these guys are on your roster. Mitchell Wilcox. These are not stars necessarily, but you got to, every team has to develop guys that are players like that from off the beaten path. And that's their version of those guys this year. But I do think there's a little bit, you do feel a little bit better about the roster probably as a whole. Um, than you have, and for reasons like that, you know that I don't, you know that's a that eight is a big old number, <laughs> and it's what you said earlier that that as dicey as those backups are on the offensive line, the starters are better than last year, and that was 
that was the big hole last year. So if, if you've if you've all automatically increased, even if it's incrementally, the offensive line, and then the cornerbacks are better, the the, the defensive line is way better. I mean, it is top to bottom, starter wise, and top to bottom. You, you you do need to feel a lot better about this year's roster than last year's. Will it will it lead to more wins? I guess we have to wait and see. But the way they're positioned right now, I I still if I'm if I'm betting, I'm, if it's still at six and a half, I haven't looked. But if I'm betting, I'm taking the over. More on that next week. Uh, season prediction time and is here, uh, so that will be coming in next week's episode. Uh, when we come to you uh, early next week, the team will reconvene. Big weekend off. Uh, so they're going to – the players and everybody take the long weekend for Labor Day, and they're back on Monday, and we're in game week. Uh, so it will be Vikings week. Team comes in Monday for a full day of practice, uh, and we'll have interviews from that, and, and we will be here talking season preview, season prediction. And then obviously on Thursday we'll have our big event at 50 West that we're very excited for. Please come down. I'm going to see if I can't get some powers to be. Hopefully we got some powers to be to listen to this. Maybe maybe give away an athletics up. What do you think? Yeah, I think we can make something like that happen. I think we can. I think we. I mean, let's go ahead and make promises here that we absolutely have no idea if we can keep. Jay, well, even if the powers that be won't, maybe you and I just pitch in and and buy one for somebody. Oh, look and- at us for the goodness for our people. You know, this is about <laughs> our, right. This is about our people. This ain't about anything else. But we, we all, everyone that listens, uh, we, we love when we hear from you. We love when we see you. And a chance to see you is going to be great. So maybe, maybe Jay and I will have to dip into our own pockets. That's, that's the love. That's the love. You know, time. I don't think we'll have to. You spend, you, you spell love, T I M E, and in dollar bills. Okay. You can <laughs> buy love. You can buy love, Jay. <laughs> Contrary to popular belief. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, so that's where the roster stands. Again, there's going to be changes as as that unfolds. We'll be back with more on season preview and some of the some of the, the stuff that happens at the back of the roster. We'll have that coming for you next week, and we'll be talking Vikings, talking Z- return of Zim. I wonder if Zim will come early and go out to his property in Kentucky on oh, Saturday. I, he will. I would assume he's going to head out there just to check in on it. So. Yeah. This is this is if any, I don't know if anybody knows where it is. This is not an invitation to to hang out by the gates, uh, but <laughs> uh, Zim is a big fan of of going out there and and relaxing. So I don't know I don't know how relaxed any coach is the night before the opener. That's a no sleeper to me. Yeah, maybe he'll be there this weekend for Labor Day weekend for the weekend off. That's true. That's true. Uh, all right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, appreciate you checking in with Hear the Podcast Ground. Hopefully, we'll see you at 50 West next Thursday, 7 o'clock. We'd love to see you down there. Um, uh, other than that, have a great Labor Day weekend, everybody, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Bye.